Hey, Road to Life, we love you. We're so glad to be back together on our podcast. We're here with Pastor Mike Shepline, and we're going to hear the message from Sunday where you can be inspired through the Word of God and maybe even a funny story. For more information, visit RoadToLifeChurch.com, and we'll see you next week. You know, last week we talked about something, and we talked about, we said that God is a God of the reset. How many of you are with me on that? Re, when, you, when you use that term, we, um, God is a God of the reset, that what it is, is, is I think in our life, is all of us need resets at different times in our lives. Every one of us needs resets. And when you think about it, resets keep us from getting in a rut in our life. They keep us from kind of drifting in the wrong direction. And God almost, whenever we go through a reset in our life, God almost always reveals himself in a deeper dimension of his person, and then it affects our awareness of him in our life when we go through a reset. But when you think about resets, is resets are really broad. Sometimes we need relational resets in our life, where we just need maybe a reset relationship to get have a reset moment and kind of get started and moving in that direction other times you've been around people and they go through a career reset and so they've been going along doing this for a long period of time and then there's a disruption and there's a career reset there's people go through financial resets people go through natural health resets and and realize that when you talk about resets all of them are good but when we go through a spiritual reset, a spiritual reset affects every area of our life. And the reason that it does is because you and I are a spirit. We don't have a spirit. I am a spirit. You read in the Bible and what you clearly see, do you know that when you uh, leave this body, you know, the Bible calls your natural body, your house. How many of you think your house needs a remodel job? How many of you know what I'm saying? It's is, um, but the Bible says, how many of you have ever wondered, what's it going to be like in heaven? We know this, that you're going to look the same. We do know that. You say, well, what if I don't want to look the same? Let me just throw this thought out there. Maybe you will look the way you looked in your prime. How many of you know what I'm saying? How, how many of you know that when God gets on your natural, it is just really good? It, it's really good. But we know this that I am a spirit, I have a soul, and my house is this body. And how many of you readily recognize the Bible says that the outward man, or it calls it a tent or a tabernacle, is, it says that it's perishing, but the inward man, me spiritually, I am being renewed every single day, every single day in my life. And so whenever I go through a spiritual reset in my connection with God, it affects every area of my life. I've been around people and they're like, you know, I just need a reset here. And they're looking maybe relationally. I'm not saying they don't, or maybe in their career or maybe in a particular area. But sometimes what we really need is a spiritual reset in our life. And then that affects every area it affects. And, and uh, you know, when you talk about a reset, real, I understand this, that we usually don't like resets in our life. And the reason that we don't like resets is because we like life 
totally predictable and under our control. Can we agree with that? Is it's kind of like, and, and, and let me just be clear about that. There's nothing wrong with predictability. There's nothing wrong with navigating your course unless your course needs adjusted because if you stay on that course long-term, it will be detrimental to God's best in your life. And so I want to be clear, God doesn't cause resets all the time, but what he does is he's promised to use him. Sometimes in our life, there is a reset that is caused by attack of the enemy. And we can be going, and sometimes we've contributed, other times we have not, but it's a demonic attack. And God will use all resets for our certain good in our life. You know, that when you think about it, the, the most important resets, and I said it earlier, are spiritual. And so when you come to church, we're going to talk about spiritual, but you might be here right now and God's kind of trying to steer you in a direction. And God has promised to lead and to be involved in every season of our life. If I could put a title on right now as a church, I believe that God is resetting us. He's resetting the body of Christ because we have been through a lot over the last year and a half. Can you agree with that? You know, I mean, you say, well, it ain't done yet. I mean, if you watch the news, I try not to. Are you with me? It's kind of like, well, it depends who you listen to on the news that determines if you're up or if you're down kind of a thing. But, you know, you stop and you think in the last year and a half, we've had COVID. How many of you could have, would have liked to have been on a beach somewhere and skipped the last year and a half of COVID? It's, we've had COVID. We've had national race relation issues of which have caused things to surface that really need to be talked, need to be navigated, need to be. We've had political divisions that have divided the body of Christ and divided people like nothing I have ever seen in my lifetime. Due to COVID, you know, you stop and you think about it, there's this mentality that has creeped into people, and I call it the us for and no more mentality. You say, what do you mean, us for and no more? Where we're only focusing on ourselves rather than our relationship with God and, and our relationship with others and the Great Commission and walking in love toward other people. That whenever we go through or a people goes through an outside upheaval, evil in their life, it almost always follows with a reset time that God initiates. He initiates a reset that was happening in the New Testament church. It was never signed off. There is never a closing statement at the 28th chapter of the book of Acts, unlike all the other letters, is it just continues like it was just a diary of what was going on. In other words, we are part and it is still being recorded. Do you know that you are in some chapter of Acts? I mean, we could say, well, it looked like that first 40 years, 30 to 40 years. There was 28 chapters. Maybe we're in the 400th chapter right now. But when I go to heaven, I want to sit down and God, how many of you believe that God's got a pretty killer theater system, sound system? Is I want to sit back, pass the popcorn, and I want to watch the history of the church. How about you? I want to, I want to be able to watch it. 
But what we absolutely know is that Jesus was sent to pay for the sins of the world, for every race, every nation, every people group, Jesus was sent to pay. And you know, you look in the Bible and it was spoken from Genesis to Revelation. In, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, God speaking to Abraham, he said that out of your seed, and notice it's a, it is a singular word speaking of Jesus, he said all nations of the earth will be blessed. In Isaiah, God promised it, prophesied it over and over and over again. If you look in, I mean, even Jesus in his own words, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You say, well, why are you talking about this? I'm setting something up, so stay on the horse. Are you with me? Just, just stay on the horse. In Mark 16, verse 15, what you see is Jesus told them after his death, burial, and resurrection, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So go to all the world and preach it to everyone. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said, go make disciples. He didn't say believers, but he said disciples of all nations or all people. Then, then in some of Jesus' last words that were recorded after he was crucified, rose from the dead and appeared to them in Acts chapter 1, it says this, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the very ends of the earth. You know, some of the first people that came to Jesus and acknowledged his birth were non-believers. They were not Jews. They were the Magi. If you look up the Magi, what you clearly see about them is that the Magi were, they were astrologers and they were not of the Jewish sect. Jesus said over and over and over again that God loves everybody, that God loves every person on the earth. He doesn't just love you. He doesn't just love me. He doesn't just love Americans. He doesn't just love Africans. He doesn't just love the Hispanic. Jesus came for everybody. And when we get to heaven, realize this, that it is going to look like a uniform rainbow of every nationality, every nation, and every people in heaven. Are you with me with that? But you know that as time went on in the New Testament, that they began to drift into what we would do to outside pressure, where they, where they went from reaching the world, which Jesus told them over and over again, to, you know, this is a Jewish thing. Let's keep it among ourselves. And if somebody wants Jesus, then we're going to give them a list of Jewish regulations, dietary laws, the traditions of the elders, and make sure they've been circumcised on the eighth day. And they go through all of these things for them to become a Christian. In essence, what they did is they said, you know, to become a Christian, you need to be like a Jew first because, you know, Jesus was a Jew. He was a Jew. And it had gotten so bad due to outside pressure in the book of Acts that in Acts chapter 10, God had to give 
Peter a dream to tell him, you need to go to a Gentile Cornelius's house and you need to share with me. And Peter was resistant, but God told him to go. So Peter goes to this guy's house and as he steps in, some of his very first words are, you know that it's not right for me as a Jew to be in your house as a Gentile. What happened to the Great Commission? They had drifted. They need a reset. They had drifted from what God had told them to do due to outside pressure in their life. Do you know that the enemy applies pressure to our life to get us off course and God causes resets to get us back on course? He caused, and what happened is, is the Bible says that Peter steps up and this guy's got all of Cornelius, Acts 10, has got all of his family sitting there and as soon as Peter opens up his mouth, the Holy Spirit falls on all of them and they all get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says this, that back in Jerusalem, which is the headquarters of the church, they are ticked that Peter would even go to this guy's house, much less that the Holy Spirit fell on him. So when Peter rolls back into town, the only thing that convinces him it was God is he said, God gave me a dream. He gave me a dream and he commanded me to do this. And so they're like, well, okay, I guess we're not going to argue with that. See, they had drifted due to outside stuff and God was resetting them. He was resetting. You know that this Sunday we have tagged it. Last week we talked about God of the reset. You know, COVID, we need a reset. I'm going to say it again. Some of us right now, you know, people that I've been around before that knew how to talk with people, due to isolation, they can't even talk to people anymore. How many of you know what I'm saying? It's awkward. They're like, where's my phone? How many of you know what I'm saying? And can I text you across the table? It's like, what is wrong with you? How many, how many of you know social media is not healthy relationships? Social media is a last resort. It's, if, if, if you go to text everybody, and I believe that today God is saying that, you know what? This is what we're tagging today is this is next season Sunday. Last week was God is a God of the reset. Whenever he resets, we must stop and say, okay, what is the next season, God, of what you're doing? And as a church, I believe the body of Christ nationwide needs a reset and a next season Sunday. And in this next season, we as a church are going to stop. And what we're going to do is we're going to say, God, we are getting back to the basics and the fundamentals of reaching people for Jesus. We are getting back to ministering to people. We are turning the page on the craziness of what has been going on for the last year and a half. You know, in my prayer time, I'm going to God and, and just saying, okay, God, what's next? He's like, reach people for me. Make disciples of me. You say, but the world's messed up. You know what's going to get the world fixed up is a relationship with God. And so in this next season, what it is, is that we as a church are going to double down on three initiatives, three initiatives. And what I want to do is I want to invite a team that is actually part of that, which is Micah, Stephanie, and I don't know where Lish is. Is Lish around here? Oh, there's, and Grace, come on up. Baby, you want to come up? Are you good? Okay. 
is you say, what do you mean by that? Is that over this next, and what's going to happen is, next season Sunday, is we've, we're going to focus on three areas as a church. Everybody say three areas. I thought somebody fell. <laughs> but what it is, is we're going to reach out to those that are far from God. You say, what do you mean by that? Unsaved and those who have drifted away. You know, there's a lot of people that have just simply drifted away from God. They've just drifted away. What we're going to do is we're going to create an environment for making disciples to everybody that wants to go deeper in God. You can't make people go deeper. They have to want to go deeper in God. And so we're going to create an environment. And the last thing is we're going to plan a church. But what I want to do, you know that our vision as a church is to reach this generation and to develop totally committed Christians. And so in these three initiatives, one of them is outreach and missional based. And so we're going to be doing some different things this fall that you're going to be hearing about locally. But one of them is that we are going to be, you know, we have a pastor, we have a lot of relationships with pastors in Africa. And one of those pastors is a pastor by the name of Pastor Hannington. Everybody say Hannington. You know, it's really easy for me to remember Hannington because I was raised in Huntington. How many of you know what I'm saying? And so Pastor Hannington, if you were not here or a few years ago, we helped him build a church. And when we talk about building a church is that he, he is in a, a village or an area of Uganda of about 2,000 people. That's how many people live in his surrounding area. And they were, it was when he planted a church there, he was raised there. He gave his life to the Lord in a different place. He went back and planted a church. When he planted his church, it was 95% Muslim and 5% Christian and everything else. Do you know that since he's planted his church there a little over 15 years ago, is the community now is 50% Christian and 50% everything else. How many of you know God is blessing him? And that we have partnered with him and we've built a building. Well, one of their needs right now is they need a well. You say, why is that? There's no running water there. They don't have any running water. And so the people, I, it makes me mad a little bit when I go there because the men send their wives out with these five-gallon jugs on their head and their kids to get the water about a half mile down the hill, down a thing, and then they fill up the jug and then they come back and that is their water for the day. Well, we want to work with him and drill a well right outside his church, a pump well where the people of the community can come to his church and get free water. Isn't that an awesome idea? And so we're, we're, we're going to be doing that. But equally is we're going to have a discipleship emphasis. And I think what I'm going to do, Steph, is I'm going to hand it off to you because Lish is intricately involved in that. Yes. Um, so for those of you who don't know me, I'm Stephanie. For a few years now, I've been overseeing our staff and operations and been able to give attention to um, our small groups and classes. And as we look to the fall and see that we need to add strength 
um, to the area of discipleship and making sure that we have a process that makes it easy for everyone. Um, we knew we needed to add someone that would bring a lot of strength to this team. So Lish has been a part of Road to Life Church for many, many years. Um, you've seen her predominantly being involved in worship. And so she's stepping into a new role as our discipleship coordinator. And she will be helping just create such an awesome experience for everyone to grow and know God more deeply in their relationship personally as well as growing in relationship with others. I don't want to steal too much of what she wants to share, but I did want to just mention that Lish has joined the team in that particular role um, in this season. And it's really just the fruit we see in her own personal life that we know that she's the right person for this. Um, if you've known Lish for any amount of time, she's hanging out, reaching out, grabbing coffee, grabbing lunch, praying for you, encouraging you to grow. And I just couldn't think of a better person to bring strength to this. Um, so real quick, I'm just gonna talk about a few ways this fall that we're gonna be really just defining a lane for discipleship. And the first one is this, it's uh, Culture U. This is something you've heard us talk about on and off over the last few months. And um, Culture U is kind of our, our step one. If you're new to Road to Life Church, um, I wouldn't say you have to even be a new believer, but maybe this is a really good first step if you've just given your life to Jesus. And then also I'd say if you're a part of Road to Life Church, but you're not, kind of, you're not sure what your fit is, what your gifts are, where you can fit in, um, or maybe you've been here a while and you feel like you've kind of lost your sense of where you fit in, it's a great place to start. It's a three-week class yes. um, where you come in week one. Um, you get to meet with Pastor Mike and Jill right now. And what that looks like is breakfast and honestly just learning a lot about the history of the church, where it's come from, what we believe, what we stand for, what it looks like to be uh, the benefits of membership, what it looks like to be planted and rooted and to know that we can count on you to be a part of a team. Um, you'll learn a lot about our values, what shapes what we do and why we do it as a church, mm -hmm. as well as what it looks like to um, learn what it looks like to apply biblical principles to your life where it looks like to love God and to love your neighbor really well. Um, one of our values as a church is that we want to be a place where um, it's a sense of community that feels like home, that when people come in, whether you've known Jesus your whole life or this is your first time ever walking into a church, that there would be a sense of um, home and belonging and comfort from the Holy Spirit that would meet you as you enter this building. And so we hope to be able to equip people to understand what it looks like to be a part of that. Um, Culture U is starting in a few weeks. So we're starting August 15th to kind of get a head start on the fall. Um, it's three weeks at 11 a.m. in the Ivy. And it's just a really awesome way to get more involved and uh, maybe answer some questions you might have as you've been a part of the Road to Life Church family for a little bit. Cool? All right, number two is the SOS. This is our School of Sustainability. Um, this is a discipleship course that we launched last winter. We had 24 students successfully complete a 16-week commitment of discipleship. And guys, it was just so rewarding and so fruitful. And we've seen so much fruit even on the other side of it being completed. What we did kind of as a team is we took a lot of feedback from our students and just our experience overall, and we made some slight changes. But really the vision of the school is that we would be able to equip the church with sustainable lifelong rhythms that you can follow God all of your days. Yes. Um, we pray <laughs> that we never experience what we have again in the last year and a half, but something so valuable that we learned is how important it is for believers to know what it looks like to study God's word independently, what it looks like to have a healthy, deep, grounded prayer life. These things that a lot of people just don't fully know where to start. Um, and that's okay. What we want to do is help you know where to start. And so if you're someone who like, those are some of the longings of your heart. I want to, I long to know God's word 
uh, more clearly. I, want, I long to know how to apply it to my life. I long to be able to have a healthy, fervent prayer life, but I get really distracted really quick. This is a really awesome way um, to get started. And so the School of Sustainability, we're launching um, on September 12th. The, the few changes I'll mention, it is not 16 weeks, but just due to the holiday schedule, this will be a 12-week commitment this fall. We were able to adjust the tuition to just $150 per person in light of that, and we're just really expectant for God to continue to strengthen his church through this school. Um, and I'll have lots more details to come, but just a little soundbite of what we are hoping and longing for um, to strengthen our church body in this next year through the SOS. So that's starting September 12th. Applications are live online, um, and so you can even apply today. I'm going to pass it off to Lish to talk about community groups. I want to just throw something out really quick, and that's this, is um, when you talk about Culture U, which is really about the, uh, Jill and I, are the very, we do the very first class. And we really look forward to connecting with people, some people that maybe we've met very, very briefly, but how many of you know it's hard to have any level of conversation? And so it's a smaller group, and it gives us the ability to connect with you, but equally you to ask us any questions that you have and feel like that, oh, okay, now I know them, know a little bit about, and, um, and really just a relational thing. So I want to encourage you, if you've not been through it, you should go to it. That's good. Hi, everybody. I'm Lish. Um, so I'm going to share a little bit about community groups. I know over the last, um, you know, since COVID hit, community groups and what it's looked like to gather have looked pretty different. Um, and so as we look towards the fall, as Steph and I were just kind of chatting and just really hearing a lot actually from you guys, um, we just wanted to put you at ease. Um, we've really felt like uh, over the last couple, probably two years, close to, a lot of people, there's just been a rise in anxiety um, and fear, um, especially social anxiety. And so as I was just even praying for this, I just felt like for people in this room, maybe you know, I feel like I, feel like I can't rub shoulders with enough people that are struggling with this right now. But um, just social anxiety, I just feel like an invitation from the Lord that um, he's wanting to lift that off of us. Mm -hmm. um, and that he's, we were made for connection, connection with each other, connection with God. And that's really what we're trying to pursue in the fall. So um, if that's you, I wanna kind of just challenge you a little bit to kind of take a step out. It's okay to be struggling with social anxiety. It's okay to be afraid. Um, but it, this is just an opportunity for us to give that to the Lord and to process with the Lord because um, that's not necessarily a label for us. It's something that we get to exchange. So um, just as an encouragement for you guys. But um, as we're looking towards the fall, we have eight, probably closer to 10 as we wrap up. Mm -hmm. um, Pastor Mike is doing a couple um, great ones. But some women's studies, um, there's ISI or a version well, no. of it launching in the fall, Different which is exciting. Name. Yes. Oh, Chuck is excited about that. Men's groups. There's Chuck, some did we biking. tell you you're heading it up? No. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just want to encourage you guys. That is also live on the website. Um, it would be a great opportunity for you to get involved and get to know some people and also to grow in your relationship with Jesus. So that's online. I encourage you sign up. Um, and there's going to even be a couple more trickling in over the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I just 
want to add to that, we also have a course which seems so separate but really comes in line with that. We're going to be offering Financial Peace University yeah. this fall as well. Um, if you have any experience with Financial Peace University, you know the peace that comes with um, learning what it looks like to steward your finances well as a believer. And so Amy and Wyatt Klein have offered this course a couple times now to our church. They just walk in integrity and authority. Um, and so I want to encourage you that this is another really awesome opportunity for you to get involved in community and rub shoulders with people who want to grow in biblical stewardship as well. And just as a testimony, my husband and I did Financial Peace University last year, and we paid off $10,000 in four months. We're debt-free. Yes, that's huge. So just as a testimony for anybody struggling financially or you're just like, I don't even know what to do, take that class. It'll change mm -hmm. your life. I'm passing the torch to Micah. I think so. Okay. You got a mic. You do where? Okay. Um, the next thing, and this is a tough one, is we're going to be planting another church. It's going to be right down the road in Phoenix. And you say, who's going to be planting it? Phoenix, Arizona. How many of you didn't know where Phoenix was? is you will not lift your hand and I don't blame you is that we're going to be we started a journey probably about actually it was um, I had a conversation with Micah um, a year from this previous May and he, he began to just share in his heart he said I don't know what's going on but I feel like God's stirring my heart and he's like I don't want to go anywhere but I just I, and you know let me just say this to you our desire, number one, is to follow God in every person's life, in every area of their life, because what we know is he has a plan. How many of you are grateful for that? And so we started this journey, and over the last, probably, well, over the last little over a year, the Lord has refined it and made it really clear that we as a church are going to partner with and plant a church with Micah and Grace in Phoenix. And so it's, and so when you talk about, you know, they're going to uh, basically relocate, but be coming back um, until kind of just working through the process of it. But we're really excited. Renegade is getting ready to relaunch. We're going to be relaunching Renegade, but I wanted to kind of hand it off, Mike, to you. Yeah. So uh, many of you guys are probably a little bit shocked at some of the you know, obviously out of left field announcement this is, but really we've been praying um, specifically into this, me and Grace, for uh, over a year. And so what we wanted to do is invite you guys into the story of that. We actually created a video because uh, I'll be honest, it's a little bit overwhelming to explain the entire story uh, and of why we're uh, planting. There's nothing bad or anything that happened. It really was the Lord. And so what we have is on our website, roadtolifechurch.com, um, there's actually a tab at the top of the screen, and um, it actually has a church plant right there. And there's about a 40-minute video that kind of walks through everything that we went through, really, as we were exploring this decision for uh, now, uh, really, over the last more than a year now. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that every person here knows that 
this wasn't just a knee-jerk reaction. It wasn't, it's, there, it's not unhealthiness. It's not anything that we're, it's not anger or offense or any of that. It really was something that we felt like the Lord kind of strategically um, dropped and deposited into our hearts. And so with that, we wanted to make sure that everybody knew um, the depth of where that story came from. So it, we would really encourage you, um, if, if, you're, if this is something where you're like, man, I'm I'm a little bit shocked or I'm a little bit like trying to process or more than that, I'm wondering how the heck you could make that decision because we, you know, we thought you'd always be here is to really go on our website, roadtolifechurch.com. And then, like I said, there's a couple different ways that you can look, but that's one uh, dash fixate Phoenix. Um, that's the name and it goes into the name. It goes into the process of why we made the decision and where it came from and how we got there. But even more, too, I want to encourage you. Uh, we, Pastor Mike said this, we'll be back and forth for six months. So what we decided is this is our church. This is what we've always known. This is where we've always been. And so um, we wanted to uh, leave honoring and really um, affirming the excellence that this house has built of longevity, sustainability, and health. And so what we're going to be doing is making a commitment to this church. Um, really, we are looking at a transition uh, to Phoenix in September, but for one week out of the month. So we'll be three weeks there, one week here. We would come back, we'll minister on a weekend service and make sure Renegade is done super excellently because that's always been um, our heart for, for this church and, and for the youth here as well. So we'll kind of be uh, helping Renegade uh, get back on track and and uh, getting our high school and our middle school and some of our college uh, groups going again in a way that really is practical and healthy for the future kind of being drawn out. But yes, I know that there's not enough time to probably go into the layers and layers and layers of stuff that went into this. I want to just encourage you today. You know, if you have any questions, for sure you can ask us, but I would really encourage you to, if you're somebody who you're trying to kind of process what this, what it was is and how we got there, is to go check out our video. We did that as a service. We wanted people to realize that we, we did not have enough time to sit with everybody for 45 minutes to an hour and explain or talk about how, you know, essentially we're leaving our homes and you know, and our families and essentially launching 1,500 miles away. But we wanted to make sure that you knew that um, really everything that went into that decision um, and everything that we prayed about, all the months that we really leaned in and all the things that kind of um, weighed on us as we kind of made that final decision, because many of you guys don't know that decision's really been made. You'll find out in the video since March, it's just been us really um, as a leadership team here, getting on the same page, getting dialed and making sure that our church is going to be healthy and successful and ready to run um, even farther and faster into the future. We just, like I said, will be an extension in another place of that. So mm. we want to encourage you to check out that video. Um, once again, it's going to be uh, on Road to Life Church's page. There's a tab or you can just uh, slash fix eight feet. Don't go there yet. You're still at church. Well, well actually we... Uh, we made it to to where that video you can't even watch till 10 o'clock. So even if you went there, you wouldn't be able to watch it. So Eight we, minutes. we were thinking ahead. <laughs> but uh, but yes, after this, we would encourage you. We'd love for you guys to, like I said, um, listen to the story of it and really share the faith that we have for what we feel like the next season um, of our chapter will be. And really, it's not our chapter. It's our chapter. Mm -hmm. Because what you have to realize is that everything that uh, me and Grace are in ministry from the aspect of even being able to, to plant on this level comes from really the, the lessons and the people who've really have imparted to us and, and taught us here over the years. So we're really, really excited. And um, 
I just want to encourage all you guys to be praying for us. But at the same time, it's not a, I would, I almost want to say it, uh, you know, it's not really a, a, a plant because it, in my opinion, it's expansion. It's just Road to Life Church is just expanding, you know, and that's, you know, you may not see us as much, um, especially after that six months, but, you know, it's, we're just expanding. And so and that's the God we serve is to continue to expand and to take ground, not just to take ground, but rather to see people come to the kingdom. So mm. we're very excited about it. Do you have anything yeah. you want to say? Oh, Grace. Grace is like, do not hand me the microphone up here. <laughs> <laughs> I want to um, just throw out, you know, um, you know, I was looking at Mike and, and, and I was thinking, number one is it's tough on me because I love him. And he's our son, and just all of that. But what I've learned is that when God does something, it is always better. And that's why when we talk about next season Sunday, is God, do you know that God has a next season for your life? He has, and sometimes what we do is we try to control or hold on to the last season when God is saying, Excuse me, I'm a God of the future. I influence the past, but I want to take you from better to better to better. And that means you got to hold things loosely. It reminds me of when I, when we moved here from San Diego to Michigan. How many of you know that's illogical? How many of you know what I'm saying? But God is good. God is, God is faithful. And so I want to encourage you in the up and coming weeks, that as you uh, more stuff, we're, we'll be just laying stuff out. We'll be laying hands on them. You, you can clearly see it's in uh, 2022 is when the launch is going to be. But there's just a lot of getting everything together. Pray for um, Micah and Grace as they're. How many of you, how many of you you know when you stop and you think about it. Is, and some of you are Micah's neighbors. I'm looking out here, and you're Micah's neighbors, and you're like, why are you selling your house? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, the Lord's moving, but I can't really tell you yet. And so, how many of you know what I'm saying? But what it is, is we're excited about the next season of renegade, of college students, of ministry, and of everything. But equally, at the same time, is we're excited about next season Sunday and reset. Are you with me? You know, I couldn't help but stand up here and look at, at Micah. How many of you have ever been to Phoenix in August? Anybody ever been to Phoenix in August? Okay. Okay, Phoenix, 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 in all, if, if you wonder what hell is going to be like, <laughs> is I just know this in looking at Micah, when he hits the ground, one of the first things that's going is that hair. How many of you know him? It is just shave that baby off. He'll, he'll, he'll be. You're only clapping because you need some. Oh, no. No, no. What's going to happen is, is Micah the next, when he comes back from Phoenix, he's going to look like Joe Matthews. Or, he's he's going he's to look like Joe. But I want us to just, um, I believe, you know, when you think about next season Sunday is what it's all about is being well with our soul. Can you say amen to that? It is well with your soul. Thanks, guys. Um, and when you think about following the Lord in your life, it always leads to well in your soul. 
it always leads to better in your soul. And when it's better in your soul, it doesn't matter what you're facing on the outside, it will eventually line up to what's going on in here. But if we get distracted by all the stuff that's out here, then what happens is, is we miss the well in our soul because we don't step out in the reset, in the next season, and in the thing that God has for our life. Amen. I want to...